0: You found the DRG Media Group Sports Players Perspective podcast, and it'll begin right after this. Ah, uh, why am I so sore? There are everyday moments. Oh, hey, hold the ladder! Hold the ladder! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that hurt. And there are epic moments. Slide, slide, slide! College, class slide, of 1995. Slide, slide, slide. When a moment creates a health need visit the experts at Avera Orthopedics. We're moving health forward so you can tell the story. Learn more at avera.org slash orthopedics. From DRG Media Group Sports, this is the Players Perspective Podcast.
1: I think I've been very fortunate to have that alone time and to grow as a person and, uh, I'm thankful for
0: that. Sam Osterello relates the experience of playing professional basketball in Europe and a lot more with the former Stanley County and Purdue basketball star on this edition of the Players Perspective Podcast, brought to you by American Bank of Trust and Avera Orthopedics. Hi, everyone. I'm BRG Media Group Sports Director David Burrell. After being South Dakota Gatorade Girls Player of the Year and Missed Basketball in 2009 at Stanley County, Sam Osterello started Purdue, then embarked on a professional career that took her across the world to Europe. Well, earlier this year, Sam was in Fort Pierre to speak at her high school alma mater's commencement ceremony. Just before that, DRG Media Group Sports' Brian Oakland talked with Sam about the recent success of South Dakota's Division One women's college basketball programs, and a lot more. I think
2: one of the opportunities you had, I'm assuming, was uh, South Dakota State University, and that was at a, that would have been at a time when yeah. uh, when their program was really starting to yep. take off. And yep. here, obviously, everybody knows the uh, the success that the Jackrabbits have had, mm-hmm. and my alma mater, USD, go yeah. Yotes, you know, yeah. and uh, and what they have done in the last five to eight to ten years mm-hmm. now, making these NCAA tournaments. You actually got to play against South. Dakota. Dakota State yeah, in an NCAA a tw- uh, in, in a tournament? Uh, uh, one once. was in
1: Cancun and one was in the NCAA okay. tournament.
2: So uh, have you, uh, in yeah. your time overseas, have you been able to keep uh, keep tabs on these schools and and these uh, uh, yeah. mid-majors now that yeah. are starting to, to really build these great programs?
1: Yeah, I think it's really oh. great. Um, so, yeah, we talked about uh, playing South Dakota State. Of course, when those games came on the schedule. So when you're getting recruited... The coaches say, oh, yeah, we can play close to your home state so people from your hometown can come watch. I'm like, cool. Like, I want to play South Dakota State. Not because I have a vendetta against them or anything. I just, I think it would have been cool. Turns out, somehow, they didn't schedule it, obviously. We played them twice. And, of course, I was, the first game, I'm going to tell you this. This was funny. First seven minutes, I have two fouls because I was so pumped to play, right? I had all of this all of this excitement, all of this energy, I got into foul trouble and I'm like, well, this isn't how I imagined this to happen. (laughs) Second time around uh, during the NCAA tournament was, uh, I was much more calm and it was nice to see, you know, Katie Lingle, Steph Pollock, you know, people that I grew, grew alongside Mm -hmm. in Pier Fort Same
2: age as you,
0: right across the river. yeah.
1: exactly. And you know, we had open gyms together. It was just nice, nice to see people from home in my new home. Mm And it was kind of funny because I'm like, oh, you want to see around? Like, you want to see campus? You know, it was, it was nice. But um, yeah, I've going back to your question. Sorry, I got off topic here, but. Yeah, I've kept up with, you know, how South Dakota State's doing and USD obviously having their Sweet 16 run, Um, but it's also great that people have sent me articles like, oh, did you see this? Like, isn't this really cool for the women's game? Isn't this cool for South Dakota? And I'm here for it. Let me tell you, like, I love seeing the success of these mid-major programs making noise. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the hard work ethic of Midwest culture. Mm -hmm. You can't beat it. I'm telling you, it comes from starting at a young age of knowing what you want and going for it. You know, I've lived in big cities of San Diego, California, and the kids are just built different. They're talented, that's for sure, but they don't have that drive and work ethic like we do here in the Midwest. It's just different. And there's no way to explain it except living through it you know but
2: uh yeah we we talked about uh um you know the the dreams that you've met and things like that and and you mentioned the word relationships too Mm -hmm. you've talked about how much support you still get from back here at home in south dakota how much uh, are you still um, keeping tabs on your college teammates because I know you had a lot of great friends in those yeah. uh, those fun years at Purdue.
1: Yeah, yeah, I keep in touch with uh, a couple of my college teammates. I mean, I graduated in 2013, so we're coming up on a 10-year anniversary <laughs> here, that which is weird to say. Um, but even... F- College team, Sorry, not college teammates, but uh, teammates from other colleges like Steph Pollock and uh, Katie Lingle. We actually met in Italy. We did a whole tour of the Amalfi Coast, Positano, and we did some hiking. They were in Italy. They knew I was playing in Italy and they reached out. And I'm like, yeah, for sure I'm going to meet up. I was actually in northern Italy. I took a train down and we had a couple of days, you know, that we got to share together that was phenomenal. Um, but I think building those relationships and maintaining those relationships make life go around, really. I mean, even just coming back here, talking to you, radio, it's been <laughs> like a, a, a trip down memory lane. And hopefully I'm stuttering a lot less than I did as a high schooler and I <laughs> have more to say. But um, I just I'm just full of gratitude.
2: All yeah. Right. Wonderful. Um, we'll start to bring this full circle once again, talking with Sam Osterello from uh, the Stanley County class of 2019. Uh, on our players perspective. Um, to bring it full circle, let's uh, let's get uh, up to your, your European basketball once mm-hmm. again. What is the, the biggest difference maybe in basketball in Europe versus uh, what you uh, would have had uh, had you been playing maybe professionally here in the States?
1: I mean, it's the support for sure. Um, anytime you're in Europe, you're seven or eight hours ahead, sometimes up to ten. Um, so games that are at 8 p.m. for you are at 12 p.m. for your friends and family back home, and you know sometimes they don't know you have a game. Right? It's this kind of a mundane lifestyle over there. People don't know what's actually happen- happening. They don't have it planned out on their calendar at noon. Oh, like Samo is playing. You yeah. know, um, so that's probably the biggest difference. Um, so you learn to be alone quite a bit, which is also great, right? Yeah. It promotes growth, and I think I've been very fortunate to have that alone time and to grow as a person and uh, I'm thankful for that because it showed me a side of myself that I didn't really know I possessed because I really did thrive off of everyone saying, oh, I'm going to watch your game, check in with me after, let me know how you did. I'm like, yeah, cool, 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 right? Yeah. Um, and that's what basketball was for me for a while. And I didn't realize I started taking it to the head, you know, taking this... And it's not fame. I would never say that. But this uh, motivation to play was, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want to score 20 points and s- send that text message or make that phone call I'll be like, yeah, I had a great game. But it was those not-so-great games that I had that really kind of grew me. So, and I had to do that alone. So that's the yeah. biggest difference playing overseas and, and uh, in, uh, in America. I think, is that a long growth.
2: Is the the game different at all?
1: Okay, the game. Yeah, a little bit. I would say it depends. Actually, I would say it depends what coach you have. Mm -hmm. I've had really old school coaches that are very uh, team oriented, you know, get the play through, find the read. And I've had coaches that are like, okay, you score 20, you need to score 20 no matter how you're going to score. Like, go get the ball and go do it. Uh And that – so it's the team play versus the individual play, and I've had both in Europe. Um, But as far as, like, the WNBA, I feel like it runs much – it used to run much like a college kind of scheme. Run the play through, let's have team basketball. But now it's kind of transitioning to this – ah, who's the best three-point shooter, you know, the Steph Curry era of yeah. scoring. And I, I actually think it takes a, a lot away from the game, which I don't appreciate, but I'm starting to sound old when I say that, you know, like. See,
2: see folks, St- Sam Wolf <coughs> says the NBA sucks.
1: Yeah, I actually don't even watch the NBA until playoffs because it's not competitive. But to be fair, the NBA is for entertainment, right? These, these professionals are getting paid for entertainment, purposes. Yeah. When we play in Europe, we're playing for our our love job, the, the love of the game. Mm. Um I mean, we have a handful of fans, 200 maybe. Yeah. You know, um and to put that into perspective, in college I was used to a crowd of 8,000 or 10,000. And, you know, showing up to a gym that has 100 people, I'm not doing it for them and it's not their entertainment. They're doing it cuz they support us. They want our passion to come through. They want that to continue because they see what impact we have on the community you know it's kind of like this 20 years behind kind of role reversal thing which is awesome but during the pandemic of course we couldn't have fans and that really threw us for a loop Um, and that was hard for me i actually went through a little bit of personal turmoil of like why why am i playing during this pandemic Yeah, it's a job, but, like, I do it to inspire a little girl sitting in the stands who's like, oh, I want to do that one day. Building a path for her, you know, it's not for me scoring or, you know, having a great game and having fans like woo over me. It's not about that. It's about the impact you're making on people. And if you don't have fans, like, what are you doing?
2: Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to look at it. Yeah. Um, uh, language barriers. You're speaking uh, Italian now, yeah. but uh, but how, how difficult has it been? And how difficult is it for maybe other Americans, for example, who are, are playing overseas, too?
1: Yeah, every, every country you go to, I mean, unless you have a basis of uh, Latin language, you're pretty much out of luck. You know, uh, when I was in Czech. I had no idea what was being said. I get the greetings down, you know, good morning, hello, how are you? And I use that at the grocery store. But then they're like, oh, because I kind of have an accent when I speak a, a foreign language. I have an accent and they're like, oh, you kind of speak. And then they'll start going off in a conversation. I'm like, I don't understand, you know. So um, it, it, it's been fun. But yeah, as long as you have like, you go to a, a country with a Latin Latin root because you know we're 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 taught Spanish or French or you know I don't know we we were taught German actually for a year Mrs. Swanson taught us German uh, for two years actually Um, unless you have a a base you're pretty much out of luck yeah thank goodness it's 2022 (laughs) and we have translating apps and things like that because that's what you really rely on but back when I started playing in 2013 14. We didn't really have apps like that. I was still like calling home on Skype. I didn't have FaceTime. Like, it was, it was tough. You were on MySpace, no. <laughs> I still, I had a MySpace, we're not gonna bring that up. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just a different time, yeah. different time and place um, for sure. But yeah, for other teammates, you know, American teammates, um, I think we're becoming more accepting of learning a language, which is nice. Um, I don't know if it's cause I'm getting older and I'm like realizing people are more accepting of it. But when I first started, they were like, why don't you know English? It was a very ignorant kind of feel. Um, and I was uh, almost embarrassed to be like, yeah, I'm an American because you kind of got frowned upon. Yeah. Cause you knew one language, you probably didn't like the food, right? So we had this bias against us. But as far as you can talk to any of my former teammates, they're like, oh yeah, she's European which is funny I mean, and then great because I'm like, oh, thank God I assimilated, you know? And um, yeah, it's it's just a different lifestyle for sure. It's yeah. a different pace of life, different... Um, like, uh, what's important is different, you know? Spending time over a coffee isn't like, oh, yeah, I have 30 minutes at lunch, let's meet. It's mm-hmm. two hours, three hours, and you're talking about nothing most of the time, but it's that companionship, it's the relationships. Like I'm saying, like building those... And it's so freeing. It's so important to share your life with other people. And, uh, yeah, that's my greatest lesson through basketball is just sharing that life. Because imagine if I've done all of these things and I have nobody to share that with, what's it for? Unless I'm a narcissistic, egotistical person, you know, (laughs) then it's different.
2: That's never been the case.
1: No, but uh, it's a different thing.
2: Uh, let's uh, about time to wrap this up here. But uh, last question that I that I'm thinking of right now, you've played uh, you played a, a few years with the Italian national team. Yep. Uh, is that still something that's a possibility? Is there a, a potential or, or a chance for you to maybe play in the Olympics?
1: Uh, unfortunately, probably not. Okay. And I oh, gosh, it pains me to say that. But physically, um, like I said, yeah. I've gone through some overuse injuries over the last couple years. And uh, I've had you know, talks with the national team um, committee, with the coaches, with the staff, and they kind of know where I'm at physically. Um, I'm always an alternative, um, but uh, yeah, it's probably not gonna happen, unfortunately. Right. It was actually one of my goals, but back in 2020, and the national team didn't make the Olympics.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, we got beat out by uh, Japan, actually, and so they got second place. Japan got second behind uh, United in States. The U.S. Yeah. So in the qualif- in the qualification rounds. Um, so that was my chance. However, pandemic hit, didn't make it, didn't qualify, and here we are. Um, but the national team was a great experience. I really appreciated, you know, the coaches. Um, for what they did for me Uh, it was difficult getting my citizenship Um, to become a citizen I actually had to play in a FIBA sanctioned game and uh, there are two naturalized Italians myself and a gal named Nicole Romeo who is an Australian Italian okay and per the FIBA rules they can only play one of us or have one of us on the roster so even though our heritage is Italian, we're naturalized, and uh, they can only choose one. And she's a point guard, so you can't just be like, oh yeah, like you're the better position player. No, you have a point guard and you have a 3-4. Totally different things that you need for a team. So I'm just really grateful for, for what they did, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade my experience for any for anything.
2: Sam, I uh, want to thank you for coming back and, and chatting with us. And, and by golly, we still wish you all the best of luck. And uh, and I think we've all kind of got a, a few life lessons that we've uh, <laughs> uh, learned by your experiences and, and things like that. And uh, boy, it's, uh, it's great to see you again. We're still following you on social media. And, and uh, any final thoughts in this uh, your players perspective? Here?
1: Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone, uh, you know, for the constant support and for really – Putting in time, investments, money, whatever that looks like for you into youth sports. Um, Because like you said, it's about the life lessons we learn from these things. I'm not going to remember about an AU tournament that I scored or we won a trophy. It's what I learned from the life lessons, from the hard work, from the relationships I built. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for their continuous support. Um, Not only for me, but for the youth sports and in the community. And yeah, if you have time and money and things to invest, do it. You know, build the build these young people up so we can have a a better future ahead.
0: Good advice from someone who made her future bright and set a great example. Our great thanks to Sam Osterum. This is the DRG Media Group Sports Players Perspective Podcast.
2: What if we said, a bank isn't a place to lock up money, it's a place to set it free? What if the point of banking wasn't to bank at all, but to put your ideas to work? What if your bank asked, what if, a little more? Well, what if we told you, we do? We're American Bank & Trust, where what if meets why not? If you are ready to change what you get out of banking, start a relationship with us. What if you made the move today?
0: We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Players Perspective Podcast, and if there's an athlete from whom you'd like to hear, contact us through drgnews.com or the DRG News app brought to you by Golden Buffalo Casino. The Players Perspective Podcast from DRG Media Group Sports is brought to you by Avera Orthopedics and American Bank & Trust. I'm David Burrell. Thanks for listening.